Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Brown Girls Read. Today we have with us Miss Katrina Johnson, author of Turning, Tre- Turning Trash into Treasure. Katrina, welcome to the book club. Thank you for having me. Will you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Okay, yes, I am a 25 year, I think 25 plus years um, in education. I'm an educator. I've been an administrator for the last, probably about the last 15 years where I served as principal. I serve as an administrator now here, and I've had a variety of positions where I've worked with children and the community. So um, I have two children. Uh, One is 27 and the other one is 18. Um, He is living in Virginia. My son is a graduate of North Carolina A&T. My daughter is a um, Aggie as well. She's a freshman. So she's majoring in biology. So prayerfully, we will see it through. So Kinsley will be entering dental school in a couple of years. We just speak that into existence. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. My daughter Jada is also a biology major. Oh, wow. And she wants to be an OBGYN. Oh, wow. So both girls have a long way to go in terms That's of right. school. That's right. Bless their hearts. <laughs> Brown girls do medicine too. <laughs> yes, they do. Now, Trina, as I read your book, it reminded me of our days playing on the line in yes, Roebuck. Yes, yes. You know, we were just two carefree girls just enjoying life. And so with that thought being in mind, what prompted you to write Turning Trash into Treasure? Well, now that you say that and just thinking back to growing up and being in a community where everyone knew each other, everyone felt safe, you knew what parts of the neighborhood to go in, which parts not to, whose house to knock on the door, and you still felt safe. So I thought about all of those things that have kind of changed for for most people in the world now because we always watch where we go, what we do, who we say things to, because our our neighborhoods may not be the same. But when I thought about writing this book, I wanted to share my story of what valuable experiences I had as a child and how packing those up and just taking them with me when I didn't even know I was taking them with me until I looked back and said, I was so blessed to be able to know people like you, know your aunties, your uncles, your grandmother, your grandfather. I remember all of that stuff. And it was very meaningful to me because as my elders, I said, I always thought to myself, I can't do this around them. I can't say this. (laughs) I, I would mind my business in a child's place, but also I was able to have the opportunity to learn and to grow because all of those people pushed me. They pushed me. They pushed my brothers to just be better than not only they were, but to be better than what was before you because you didn't want to stifle yourself. So it was was just a blessed, it it was a blessed experience to be able to be a part of that type of environment, so. And that is true. And these kids these days, they don't know what it's like to have that type Mm -hmm. of community. Mm -hmm. First of all, they don't go outside. Let's start there. We stayed outside. You only came in in to get a little bit of air, but you couldn't go back and forth in and out all the time, wasting good air. So, and mm-hmm. I, because I mentioned, I don't know if you uh, remember a part in the book. I can't remember which chapter. I have to look through it. It, it talked about drinking water from the speaking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And and I had a child who read that, and they were like, "The speaking? What is that?" <laughs> and I said, "Outside, there's a water hose. Mm-hmm. You didn't always keep the hose on there, or either you would twist it off, or you would get water from that." 
when you were thirsty, you didn't go in and get a water bottle. Exactly. You don't go in and out of mama's house. That's right. You you would stay outside and you get water and everybody would take turns drinking. And that was just to cool off and you start running back around again. So exactly. that was the fun part of being outside, kind of like country living, just living outside all day long. Mm-hmm. So. And just enjoying being a child. Mm-hmm. Now, the mission of Brown Girls Read is to expose young girls to books that they can relate to. Was making the book relatable something you thought about while writing the book? Absolutely, because I wanted others to be able to experience it. And I didn't mention a setting, but when I've discussed it with other children and adults who read the book, just reading through it and the words I chose to use, it would take you back to when that era of life was i.e. drinking from the speaking and and running outside and listening to music. I referenced some of the music that was uh, relevant during that time. So I wanted people to be able to read it and to see themselves in the book and during that time. So I wanted it to be very relatable to whomever would read it. Even if you weren't born during that time, you will be able to go back and and see what I felt at that time. And you did a good job of that because even as I read the book, Um, Of course, I knew you, your brothers, and your parents, and it put me back in that Mm -hmm. place, you know, when Big Shot, your dad, (laughs) you know, we would see him driving the truck. And even as an adult, I would see your brothers when they took over the business. Right, right. I would see them driving around, and then it would prompt the memories of way back when. Um, So I tell people that Brown Girls Read isn't just a book club, it's an experience. So how do you think a book can be a vessel for a child yearning to turn their trash into treasure. Oh, wow. A book. My, my auntie, her name was Dorothy. We call her Doc. She is the one who prompted me into becoming an avid reader. When I would stay at my grandmother's house during the summertime, I mentioned that as well. I would go inside of this box, which was a sewing machine. It was a singer sewing machine. If you recall, you could mm-hmm. open the door and then the machine would come out. Right. But I would go in there and that became my world because my grandmother wouldn't always allow me to go outside because she would say, you and your cousin, you were girls, y'all got to stay here. So it, times were a little bit different. But it took me into another world and I could always read a book and pretend that I was there, wherever it was in the world. Books can take you that because if you give a child a book, you can send them all the way across the country or the other side of the world so that you can see and be exposed to what is and what you don't have your have the uh, ability to touch it with your fingertips at that time. Exactly. So books open doors for that to make everything relevant at the time. So everybody needs to experience that. And with Brown Girls Reading, starting them very early, mm-hmm. knowing that there's another world out there, there's other cultures, there's other people. You have an understanding, especially when you don't live it every day. Exactly. And that's what I love about books because I have always, um, I, I was a latchkey kid, mm-hmm. my sister and I. So, you know, we come home, we Lock the door and mama come home hours later. So we didn't get to go outside and play until we were in Roebuck or at my grandmother's house. So books were books were always my friend. And an outlet. Yeah, but it allowed me to dream about who I wanted to become, where I wanted to live, where I wanted to travel. But if you never open a book and you never go outside of your front door or your community, you're so limited. Very limited. And where you can go and how you can think. So I I just love it. Um, so Katrina, when we're talking about turning trash into treasure, in your book, 
it was literal trash into treasure, mm-hmm. right? Your dad was a trash man and he made his living and provided for his family that way. But if you have a child that is literal and think that is the only way you can turn trash into treasure, what would you say to them? Okay, I would take, I would give examples to those children because I did have a child who read the book and they were thinking, okay, well, is this the only way? Because it was all about trash. It wasn't all about trash. It's about taking even life's experiences or different situations that you have. They may kind of look glim at first, but when you look beyond what's before you, you can start thinking, what can I turn in? Just like when you said uh, reading different books, what can I do to make this better? What can I do to turn this into a different situation? So looking beyond what's before you so that you can see a future. And that's what my dad told me when he had me to discover that I don't just do this just because I do. I made a choice to do this and my choice is going to warrant you a better life, warrant your brothers a better life, me and your mom a better life because I'm doing something just a little bit extra to make things better for me. But I I would like to give every child or anyone who has the opportunity to read it for them to be able to see that you, you gotta have going beyond a book, you gotta have faith in what you're going to do because if you know what's gonna happen in the future, then it's not faith. You have to understand that there's something, you have to set goals, you have to persevere, you have to have a purpose in life. So my dad, both my parents, they always set a purpose and let letting you know what you were living. You have things, but this isn't why you're here. You're here for a purpose. And I, I try to tell people, even if it's children or their parents, sometimes we live in a selfish, selfish bubble mm-hmm. because we prom- I promote self-care. I love to get my nails done. I love to get my hair shampooed. I love clothes and going shopping, but it's beyond that because my mental state has to be cleansed. I have to have a Sabbath. I have to rest. I have to be sure that I'm taking care of my soul instead of just taking care of myself. Because a lot of times when you promote self-care, you promote a selfish bubble around you. But the most important part is that you are here to serve other people. My parents showed me that because that's a selfless, selfless job when you're picking up someone else's trash. Everybody throws trash away. Right. When you throw it away, you don't want it anymore. So what are you going to do to make this more purposeful and more meaningful to you? Well, in his case, he was doing it because he did make a living, but it gave me so many opportunities to see life in a bigger frame because I knew I always saw trash. I always right. saw trash. I always smelled trash. And I'm like, this is the most disgusting thing. But to me, I knew what came afterwards. And it was something good that came out of it because right. I was not only helping people. I always wanted to ride in that truck because I was like, <laughs> if I can learn how to drive a big truck, I can see everything because everything is up top. But I was able to see beyond the trash. And that's right. what more things than just the material of it in, you know, just going to the landfill was something big for me because right. I couldn't believe that was that much trash in the world. <laughs> I know. But I mean, I, I would love for people to understand and actually to live that because when you're living in your purpose, you're such a, a much more happier per- person. So, And that is true. And before we close, I have one more mm-hmm. question for you. Um, in the book, Tris was happy, like you said, with the truck. She had no problem riding her daddy's truck every morning to school Mm -hmm. until she heard the little boys talking negatively about Mm -hmm. the trash truck. 
what would you say to our audience about peer pressure and allowing other people to change your viewpoint on things? Mm, that's, that's a hard question, but it's not a hard question because I experienced that. But I would always tell people, just like I mentioned before, knowing what your purpose is mm-hmm. and looking past what is before you because sometimes there are people there to distract you. Right. Things that are shiny and gold, they, they distract you from what your sole purpose is. You keep your eye on the prize. You keep moving forward and know in the end. It may seem like it's going to take forever and ever, but you keep your eye on the prize and you just you just block out the noise. Block out the noise and just keep going because your purpose is going to serve much more than what is there before you right now. I know last week when Skylar and I discussed your book here um, at the book club, she said something that used to bother her is that girls used to pick on her for her retro look. She loves retro clothing. And and she said they used to pick on her. And at first it bothered her. Mm -hmm. And she said, and one day she looked in the mirror, she liked what she saw and she said, I'm pretty. And that was it. She said from that point on, she was fine. She said, but when she read your book, it made her think back to those times when people were making her feel bad about her attire. And she realized that once she accepted who she was in the mirror, then it was okay from that point. Trina, thank you so much for coming to the book club. Thank you. Audience, we look forward to speaking to you again next week. Um, Miss Katrina will be with the Brown Girls in person this upcoming Saturday. So we will give you an update. But until then, have a great week and be blessed. Thank you.